<clears throat> All right, guys, Finals Course back again. I've been getting a lot of good feedback from doing ACC basketball players on my interviews, and tonight I have a legendary ACC basketball player. He was a member of the NC State National Championship team with David Thompson, Tommy Burleson. Uh, I'm talking about Mr. Monty Tell. Welcome to the show, Mr. Tell. Thank you very much, and uh, so so nice to be on the air talking to people in North Carolina who uh, are the greatest basketball fans in the world. Wow. No question about it. Wow, I appreciate that. Uh, growing up, I'm sure you were a basketball fan, but who, who did you pull for growing up? Well, I grew up in Indiana. and uh, Basketball country. Purdue University was real, you know, close to my heart, 45 miles away. I watched Indiana University at that time. You know, there wasn't too much basketball on TV, but uh, high school basketball was a big deal in Indiana. Right. And uh, where I went to high school, Oak Hill High School, was I wasn't even thinking about college basketball. I was just trying to make the Oak Hill High School team. <laughs> and uh, But I loved Purdue, and I loved the Big Ten growing up in the Midwest. Uh, but from a distance, I always liked looking at the ACC, which at the time, uh, Frank McGuire in South Carolina and John Roach in 1969 and 70 were the, you know, the premier team in the ACC cover of Sports Illustrated. So I always, uh, you know, just a little kid growing up in Congress, I always had my eye on the ACC, but the Big Ten was, was really uh, what I grew up with and enjoyed watching and certainly provided me with a lot of uh, energy to be a you know a basketball player yeah so uh, getting recruited back then when, when did you know that that you were going to go to the next level play basketball at the next level i really never did know you know i was a i was a small guy uh, that nobody wanted uh, <laughs> really as far as major college butler bradley uh, people like that were looking at me but uh because of Dick Dickey, a former player at North Carolina State University, and Norm Sloan Sr., Norm Sloan's father, uh, who lived in the area where I grew up, they came to watch a young man play one night, Steve Allfeld, who ended up signing with Indiana, not Alford, but Steve right, Allfeld. Right. And uh, uh, I had a good game against him, and uh, there was some background to the story about Dick Dickey had read, recommended John Mingelt before, and Norm didn't take him, and Norm said, "I'll take the next guy you recommend." And I was that guy, so I really wasn't. I really, I really wasn't recruited. I was a good football player, a good high school football quarterback, and I actually had some offers to play football in college and basketball. I was so small, and you know, just didn't you know fit the uh, what people were looking for. But uh, Dick Dickey had convinced Norm Sloan to give me a scholarship to North Carolina State, and I think that's all really that you ask as a, as a college player. You just want an opportunity to play. And uh, playing in the ACC is like playing on Broadway. Right. You know, it's the biggest, it's, it's the biggest thing in the, de in the whole world. And uh, the whole thing just came together with David Thompson and Tommy Burleson. I had great teammates. Uh, I played my whole college and pro career with David Thompson. Yeah, with Tommy Burleson, we walked on the floor – together 58 times and we won 57 of those 58 games so you know i had great teammates great coaches wasn't very highly recruited but just took advantage of an opportunity that 
people provided for me, and I was ready when the opportunity provided itself. Now, now the fact that you said people didn't didn't really look at you because of your size, when you got that opportunity, did the fact that people, because I'm a short guy myself, I'm, pro- I'm probably about the same height as you were, uh, did the fact that you were that size, that nobody really gave you that chance, make you want to work even harder? I'm sure it did. You know, I remember my father telling me at a young age that he said, uh, Monty he said, as a little guy, he said, you've got to be better than the guy that's bigger than you because if it's equal, you'll, the coach will always give the opportunity to the bigger guy, which I understand because I'm a coach. But uh, it always motivated me, and I never – it was funny as a player. I never felt small on the court. I always felt like I was meant to be there, you know? Right. And uh, I had great teammates, like I said, and we all helped each other become better. And um, it was just a a wonderful experience. I I was motivated uh, by being a smaller player, but more than that, I was just motivated to be the best basketball player I could be, you know? And uh, it turned out to be a, you know, national championship. Oh, yeah. An undefeated season at NC State when we were sophomores, which people forget. We were 27-0 and when we were sophomores. And uh, just a, a great, great experience for me. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up loving basketball, and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, basketball has just been you know, it's been a tremendous experience for me, playing-wise and coaching-wise. Right. Well, that's, you get to NC State. What's your first impressions when you get to Raleigh? I didn't know where I was. <laughs> uh, you know, David Thompson thought I was somebody's little brother the first time he met me. <laughs> he, thought I, he thought I was a student manager. And uh, it was just an unreal experience. I think as everybody – goes to college for the first time it's just a totally different experience and um all i know is i was around these guys every day and we started to play basketball and i found out how great a player david thompson could be or was or is and burleson and all of a sudden like you're thrown into this environment where you're thinking you know this can be something really special and um it just turned out to be a great experience. Uh, I don't. I don't know if any of us really thought when we went to North Carolina State that what was about to happen was going to happen. But it was all good people. And I know when I first went to North Carolina State, I fell in love with the university and I fell in love with the people and Norm Sloan and the coaches, Sam Esposito, Eddie Biedenbach, Art Musselman, and. Uh, it just turned out to be, you know, as, as good of an experience as I've ever had in my life. And I think the other guys that were there during that time would, would say the same thing. Oh, definitely. And you, like you said, your sophomore year, you go 27-0, 12-0 in the ACC. You beat – I mean, you had had some battles with a Maryland team. Beat them three times in, in one year with guys that like Lynn Elmore, Tom McMillan, John Lucas. What was it like going head-to-head with those guys? Yeah, they were they were better than us. They just couldn't beat us, you know. <laughs> and uh, oftentimes, David uh, was the was a trump card, you know. He just uh, he dominated Maryland. They they couldn't find anybody that could guard him. But Burleson was spectacular yeah. as well. And uh, it was just you know it was a it was a great team. That twenty seven and O team doesn't get enough credit for being the team that it was with. 
the guys I just mentioned, Tommy, David, and myself, but Joe Cafferty and Rick Holt were starters on that team as seniors, and they gave up a lot in order to make us uh, be the team that we were, 27-0. and 0. So it was, a, it was a great team and uh, just a, a great uh, preparation for the next year. Obviously, we were on probation, couldn't go to the tournament. Uh, in today's world, we probably wouldn't even been uh, – they might have taken one scholarship from us. We would have been in the NCAA tournament. I don't know right. why to this day, really, we weren't allowed to play that year in 72 and 73. But it was certainly a great year. And I just give uh, Joe Cafferty and Rick Holt, two seniors, uh, a lot of credit for uh, really helping a bunch of young guys, plus Burleson, Tim Stoddard was in that group. Right. And uh, – it just it just was an amazing team. The national championship team gets gets more credit and probably justifiably so. But that that twenty seven and zero team, uh, there's not many guys that go through a college basketball season and play on an undefeated team. And I'm proud to say I did that. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, and I'm like you, uh, doing my research. Which I've got some state fans that I work with, and one of the guys went at the probation thing. What was that all about? Because it really didn't. I don't think it really ever got explained. Is what he was saying, you know, because he was he was a, you know, a teenager about that time, and he would he never really understood what the probation was about. Yeah, much to do about nothing, you know. It was uh, in the end. I think the violations were that we had somebody on campus that ended up coming to NC State that uh, didn't pay five dollars to stay in a dorm room to come to a summer concert. It was just it was oh my god it was not stuff like today where you see guys getting money from Nike and Adidas. It, it wasn't anything like that. And, uh, wow. it was disappointing at the time. I, I, I didn't think at the time that we deserved it. Uh, I was in the background, so I really didn't know much about it. And to this day, I really don't know what happened for sure, except I just know that we were not a play, allowed to play in the NCAA right. tournament. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was really justified. That's right. Just my opinion. So going into your junior year, did you guys feel like you you know you come off that twenty seven zero season? Did you guys feel like you could duplicate that kind of success again in your junior year? Well, we were very confident, and I think if you lined up on the court every day with David Thompson and Tommy Burleson, <laughs> uh, you would you would feel confident too. And uh, we we just built off that sophomore year. Uh, I've seen interviews with Tommy Burleson and saying that. He felt like our sophomore year really got us ready for that next year. Right. And maybe it did. You know, we were highly motivated. And, uh, you know, it, it, we were, we certainly had a, uh, you know, uh, we certainly felt like we deserved to be in there the year before. And it certainly motivated us to do well the next year. Yeah. And you guys have an early, early meeting with UCLA, Bill Walton, Jamal Wilkes, uh, just to name a few. You guys have an early meeting with them. You guys get beat by 18. Did uh, When you got to the tournament, did you guys use that as like a motivating factor when you faced them in the tournament? Well, we knew we didn't play good in that game uh, that you were talking about. It was a, like a tie game at halftime, I think, and then we lost big. And uh, we knew we were better than that. And we went back to work. We went down immediately after we left St. Louis. We went to New Orleans and won the Sugar Bowl tournament. And we just kept improving and kept improving. 
And, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we had to beat Maryland. At that time, only one team. <laughs> yeah. The year we won the national championship, only one team uh, went to the NCAA tournament from the ACC or any conference. And we had to win the ACC tournament in order to win the national championship, obviously. And the the road to getting to that Final Four was an incredible road and beating Maryland in the ACC tournament then winning the Eastern Regional. But uh, just the fact that we knew that if we didn't win the ACC tournament, that we would have gone two years uh, with the record that we had and never been in the NCAA tournament. So we, yes. we were highly motivated yeah. to get back to UCLA and, and try to uh, play them in the national tournament. But the numbers just, you know, at the time, uh, today, I think, you know, I don't know how many ACC teams will be invited to the NCAA tournament this year, but it's surely not one. No, no, <laughs> no. When we won the national championship, I just know this. There was only one team out of the ACC that was going to the NCAA tournament, and that was the ACC tournament winner. So we we were highly motivated to win that tournament and then just go on and do what we could do from there. Yeah, you guys finished the ACC season undefeated again. You beat Maryland three times. You beat them in the ACC championship in overtime, 103-100, to which was a classic game as well. And then you, go, you start the NCAA tournament. You get to play at Reynolds. What was it like playing at Reynolds Coliseum in your career, though? So it was quite an advantage. Anytime you played at Reynolds Coliseum, it was an advantage to the Wolfpack. Yeah. And to this day, to this day, I still believe NC State should be playing in Reynolds Coliseum. Thank you. Uh, you can talk about the parking problems and all this and all that, but it was a tremendous home court home court advantage. And I talked to Derek Wittenberg today, and he was went over to Chapel Hill last night to see the game against uh, Carolina, and he said, you know, he said. It's hard to park over there. You can't park. And that's why they moved from Reynolds Coliseum out there because of parking problems. That's a great deal. To have people come to a game where it's hard to park, that's a good deal. And uh, that's what Reynolds Coliseum was. And it gave us a tremendous advantage. And we didn't do anything uh, other than just play the schedule that was put in front of us. Willis Casey, the AD at North Carolina State, was on the NCA committee. And he had already, you know, the year before, year after, uh, there was always regionals in Reynolds Coliseum, and it was a great advantage for us to be in there after playing in Greensboro Coliseum, and we just tried to take advantage of it. We fed on the emotion, fed on the fans, and just being in Reynolds, uh, by far, by far, the, my favorite building in the world to play basketball in, Reynolds Coliseum right there in Raleigh. Yeah, and then you get through the regionals. You don't have to go far because you're back in Greensboro for the Final Four, you get that UCLA team with Bill Walton. Man, I, I've watched that game. Incredible game. I just just can't get a, one of my favorite games to watch. And, you know, me being a Carolina fan, that's not, well, it's not hard for me to say because I'm a fan of ACC basketball. Two overtimes. What was the feeling like on that court when you guys walked out? Did y'all feel like y'all were really confident that y'all could beat those guys? Well, we felt like we could. And, again, I refer to Tommy and David. Anytime you walk on the court with those guys, you felt like you could win the game. But uh, UCLA was a different creature. You kind of had to look past. Uh, people used to say when the when they played the Yankees, they were beat before the game started because yeah. people were looking at the stripes on the uniform. 
and that's a that's the way it was with UCLA. When you played UCLA, you started looking at their uniforms and Walton and Wilkes and Marcus Johnson and just John Wooden and just uh, everything that was going on. And uh, you know they'd won seven straight national championships, but we felt very confident that we could go out there and compete and win. And uh, Coach Sloan gave us a lot of that confidence. He just said, "You guys are are the best team, and you guys can go out there and win." And uh, sure enough, uh, it was a great game, but we were able to go ahead and get it done. You know, I compare I compare this this situation because everybody always talks about that UCLA game. I compare that situation with the U.S. hockey team from 1980. Everybody talks about when they beat Russia, and that was a semifinal game. This is just a semifinal. You guys still have to go on and beat Marquette in a national championship game after that two-overtime uh, game with UCLA. So what was it? Did was it hard to get motivated after that for the, for the national championship game? I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, but after you beat a UCLA team like that, is it hard to get up for a Marquette team like that? No, we 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 were there to win the national championship, and Marquette was a tremendous team. Al McGuire was a great coach; everybody knows that. But they had Maurice Lucas, uh, Bo Ellis. They were a very good team. They'd beaten Indiana, I think, in the regionals uh, to get to the final four so we had a lot of work to do and we went out there and played one of the best games we played all year really uh at the end of the game we were up 16 or 18 we ended up winning by 12 and uh it was just a great effort uh for us to come back and and get that thing done but we we knew that we weren't when we played ucla and beat them we knew we weren't done yet we had to win one more game and uh, it was a it was a great Marquette team, great coach Al McGuire, but we were able to get that thing done, and uh, it was just the culmination of a of a two year run there in Raleigh, where you know our guys are on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We were just uh, like David Pendergrass, my good buddy that works for the Dallas Mavericks. He said we were like the Beatles, you know, <laughs> and uh, it, it was a great run there in Raleigh, and that was the end of it right there, as far as those two years to beat Marquette in the national championship game. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of your teammates. First of all, we got to lead off with probably the best player in ACC college history and, and maybe in, in college basketball history, David Thompson. What was it like playing with David Thompson? Well, I was blessed. You know, like I told you earlier, I played my whole college and pro career with David six years. And uh, no question, he's the greatest player ever to play in the ACC. And... Uh, what a wonderful person he is. We still communicate. Um, we're on a group text where we talk about the games, you know, last night and with Tommy and all of our teammates and a uh, great person and uh, just a great competitor, love to win, uh, just a very simple person and the greatest player ever to play in the ACC. The numbers he put up and uh, the things that he did in the ACC just, you know, haven't been done before him and haven't been done since him. So just my pleasure to play with him and a great friend, too. I love David and uh, just a, a great friend. I was very fortunate just to have the opportunity to be around him and to this day call him, uh, you know, a great friend. Same, same question about Tommy Burleson. Yeah, Tommy just gets uh, not as much credit as he deserves. David... Uh, as you know, and I know, it goes out from me and from you that he's the greatest ever in the ACC. Tommy 
deserves to be up there. Yes. When you talk about the best centers ever to play in the ACC, the best players ever to play at NC State, if David was the best player to ever play at NC State, I'm not so sure Tommy wasn't the second best player ever to play at NC State. So, um, what a what a great person. Uh, I always talk about how he's one of the most interesting people in the world. Tommy's a uh, ordained minister. He used to race uh, uh, professional. He was a pre- professional boat racer. Oh, wow. uh, he's an engineer up there in Newland, where he lives now, and he's. Uh, I always say he's one of the most interesting people in the world. Besides the fact he's seven foot two or seven foot three, which <laughs> makes him stand out, you know, yeah, amongst, yeah. Uh, any any crowd. But w- the thing that's always impressed me about Tommy, amongst other things, is he always felt like he was just one of the regular people. When he was growing up, he was a caddy up at Grandfather Mountain in North Carolina at, uh, at the golf course, and he's a great athlete and uh, just a, a great. Com- competitor and uh even the fact that he's seven foot two or three uh comedy's just a super athlete and a super person so just those two guys really made it all go at nc state the rest of us were were really good players and really good guys but those two guys tommy burleson and david thompson were really the guys that made nc state during that period what nc state was and if NC State can ever recruit another guy like Tommy Burleson and another guy like David Thompson, they'll, they'll get back to doing what we did. Right. And also, Mr. Burleson had a birthday early this week. We want to tell him happy birthday. Uh, certainly certainly wish him well. Hope that he has many more. Uh, talk a little bit about Coach Norm Sloan, because you not only did you play for him, but you came back and, and coached under, under Mr. Sloan. Yeah, one of my favorite people in the world, and he gave me an opportunity, a scholarship to North Carolina State, and then he gave me an opportunity to start my coaching career in 1978, and uh, just a great person. I think, uh, you know, Coach Sloan was often looked like, or looked at as a kind of a villain-type character, but in reality, <laughs> he was the guy that would teach Sunday school and... Uh, would go to uh, the Raleigh prison system and, and and get a gentleman out of prison every weekend, Charles Monroe, and bring him to practice. Uh, I don't think people really understood who Norm Sloan is or was, and to this day is one of my favorite people in the whole world. His whole family, you know, is like my family, and um, I miss him tremendously. I was around him as a player for four years and as a coach for 12 years. Yeah. So he certainly was a large part of my life, and um, I miss him every day. I miss him every day. Yeah. So, talk a little bit. Tell us what you what are you doing now? Uh, you said you're in you're in Florida now. Yes. I when I left NC State, I was with Sydney Lowe at NC State, mm-hmm. and then I went to Middle Tennessee with Kermit Davis for three years, and we had three good teams. And then I decided to get out of college basketball and move to Gainesville, Florida, where I'd coached before. And my wife and I have family and grandchildren, Gainesville and Winter Park. And uh, I came down here and was teaching tennis. Uh, I was out of basketball and uh, on my decision. And then a high school, uh, private school here, Oak Hall School, had a uh, position available as a head coach. They wanted me to come in there and coach. And so the last... Uh, four years, 
uh, I've been coaching a high school team right here in Gainesville, Florida. Oh, wow. uh, the name of the school is Oak Hall School, and uh, we've been doing really good, and our teams are, are good. We don't win every game, but our kids play hard, and uh, it's been very gratifying for me to uh, work with these young people and try to make them the best players and the best people they can be. I've really enjoyed not reducing all my travel time. The college basketball life is a hard life. Yes, I, mean, I can imagine. 24-7, 365. And uh, I've really enjoyed just coaching these guys and trying to help them with basketball and uh, enjoying beautiful Gainesville, Florida. We have good weather down here. And <laughs> I've got a lot of good friends and family. And uh, my life is, is very good, very good here. Now, now we talked a little bit before we went on the air about you know current college basketball. You you were talking about how happy I should be at Carolina beat State, but we were talking about how how wide open everything was this year. And and one of the things that, and I I've been saying for a while on my shows is that these one and dones are starting to affect college basketball. And and uh, you agreed with me on that. Talk, talk a little bit about what you think about it. I mean, it's not just like you said. It's not affecting the the lore of the game everybody still wants to watch college basketball but the talent talent wise talk a little bit about that because back in your day there was no such thing as a one and done yeah people stayed three four years nobody thought about going hardship you know spencer haywood might have been the first one back in 1968 but most people played four years three years now you get people leaving maybe not even going to college like kobe and lebron people like that kevin garnett and the college game, talent-wise, is definitely suffering as far as the pro game is concerned because these uh, young people have an opportunity to go and, and sign professionally uh, right out of high school. And I don't blame them. Uh, nah. I don't blame them at all. But I, I think it, it brings the college game to a level where the high majors who lose the one-and-dones are uh, more apt to be vulnerable to get beat by somebody like a Dayton or somebody like that. And uh, it's it's the teams that can stay together for three or four years or two or three years that seem like will play well in the NCAA tournament. But uh, it's made it more wide open. I think it's made it more uh, people like Florida State. Uh, you know, I mentioned Dayton earlier, right. Gonzaga, uh, all those people. It's a wide open tournament now, maybe not so predictable as uh, – as what it used to be, but still a great tournament. It just doesn't have the talent that is had in the past when you had, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing four years and Bill Walton playing four years and David Tom. It just doesn't have that talent level of people to stay in there and play. Uh, still good young talent. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, they're not guys that have been around the game a little bit and um, – it's, it's definitely a different environment, but I don't think it's lost any of its appeal. I think people still love to watch North Carolina and Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and Louisville and NC State, you know. So I, I don't think it's lost any of its appeal. I just think it's lost some of its high-level talent, which I think most people would agree with. Yeah, and I think, you know, they talk about March Madness, and I think this year will be just as mad as anything. It'll be just as crazy as it has been any year. Uh, picking a bracket is going to be tough, tough this year. I got a few more quick hitting questions, and then I'll let you go. Um, toughest, toughest opponent, toughest guy you had to guard back at, when you were at NC State. Phil Ford and John Lucas. 
<laughs> and then there's a guy that goes under the radar at Clemson named Skip Wise, who only played one year at Clemson. And, uh, you know, when I was at NC State, you know, there were great guards everywhere, but I had the pleasure to play against Phil Ford, or at least I used to look at the back of his jersey. You know, I used to know what his, uh, what his name was. And Lucas was great. Lucas was unreal. Lucas was uh, next to David Thompson, maybe the best all-around, you know, most dominant player in college basketball. So, you know, I know that I went out there and, and played against those guys, and my teams, you know, we won our share of games. But to play against those guys, I would say Phil Ford, uh, John Lucas, you don't get any better than that. You don't get any better than that. Would you say they were the toughest ones that guarded you as well? Toughest defenders? Yeah, they were tough. They, Luke, Luke would go for a lot of steals. Phil didn't really guard anybody that tough, you know, but he was a great offensive player and a great player. You know, he liked to win. And, uh, you know, we just – it was a it was a great time for me. It was unreal. You know, my, my whole college experience was somewhat surreal. Yeah. And uh, to be down there and to win a national championship and to compete against those guys – to this day, they're still good friends. I played golf with Phil last summer, and wow. Luke uh, I talked to a little bit, you know. So uh, just my – it was, you know, just unreal as I sit here tonight and think about, you know, I was right there in the middle of all that stuff with those guys, you know, trying to compete against them and trying to beat them, you know. Yeah. And I, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to let you have it. Uh, and you may have something different. Favorite memory while you were at NC State? <laughs> Wow, I don't know. We had we had so many. When right? I was at NC State, but obviously winning the national championship was probably the greatest memory. But beating Maryland in the ACC tournament our junior year, where if we didn't win that game, we don't go to the NCAA tournament. I think that is the best memory that I have because right. Maryland was so good, and for us to win that game and to be able to go ahead and win the NCAA championship. I think the Maryland game in the ACC tournament my junior year was was the best memory, uh, if I have to pick out one, of any memory that I have at North Carolina State University. Okay. Well, I, now, I kind of figured it would be, be between one of the two, but that that was pretty good there. Uh, Mr. Tao, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Uh, I just want to thank you. I mean, I know I said it at the Star Show, but thank you so much for doing this. You, you've been a guy that I've talked about uh, or heard about ever since I was little enough to know what a basketball was, uh, That those great teams. But Monty Tao has always stuck out. And, and to be able to talk to a le- – you talk about how surreal your basketball career. To be able to talk to a legend like you tonight, that, that's, kind of, that's really surreal for me to be able to talk to you. And I thank you. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody out there in North Carolina is doing great. And thank you for taking the time to get in touch with me and uh, – I'm right here if you need me again, all right? All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Mr. Tao, and uh, that's going to do it for tonight, guys. That's Monty Tao on the final score.